and that brings me to probably my most infamous rival and of course that's Slimming World buckle, buckle up listeners here we go To the Calm Sully podcast, episode six. I am on my own today for a Christmas special, and I thought, you know, I've got loads of guests booked in all the way to like March at the moment. So they keep coming in, and I've got loads of people to have on the podcast, which I'm very excited about. Not just from the UK, I've got a lot of people coming from uh, America and Canada as well. So very exciting stuff. But tonight I am recording a podcast on my own, which some of you may like the idea of, some of you may not. So when I knew I was going to do this for a Boxing Day Christmas special, I decided to send an email out to my email list at the start of the week. Um, If you're not on that, there will be some details in the description at the end of the episode. Don't worry, it's not spammy stuff. In fact, I barely even send an email a week at this point. Um, if you're watching this now, you can see me. If you're listening over on Spotify or another podcast on audio, I'm currently sat in my office with a very nice Christmas hat on, with a little bauble at the bottom, fully getting into the festive, um, the festive spirit, as I do most years. Now, I know this has been a tough year for everyone. I think that is... Uh, <laughs> I think that goes without saying. But I've tried to do my best to at least see the potential in this year. Uh, With people being in a lockdown, one thing I noticed that people, they really, um, they really did find fitness. If there's one good thing to come from this virus, is that people realise they need fitness now more than they ever did. And there's got to be something said for that, right? And I'll be honest, I was busy. I was busy because people wanted to get fit. And rightfully so, because this virus, unfortunately, will target people who don't look after their health. And the one good thing about that, right, is that that is something you can change. In terms of weight loss, in terms of physical fitness, strength, hypertrophy. These are the things that we can change, improve cardiovascular system, improve respiratory system. These are things that we can actively train. Mental health can be actively improved up by incorporating exercise and not to forget nutrition, diet. So I've I've found this year that more and more people have got back in touch with their lost fitness more now than they've ever done. And that's that's a good thing. So it's not all doom and gloom. Um, you know, despite the terrible year that we've had. So I sent out an email to my email list um, last week because I knew I was going to do this episode on my own. And I thought rather than just coming on for half hour and just absolutely rambling, I've I've listed, I said to people, what are the top five things I should talk about? And I got a good, a good amount of responses, actually. And people did fill out the quick 
poll slash questionnaire on the email. If you didn't get that, it's because you're not on my email list, go and join it. And basically, the five topics that came up are, and these are the things I'm going to talk about, all right? Hating fats, and I'll give you just one guess as to what I'm going to talk about there. Of course, that was the top co- the, the top topic. Skinny coffee, fantastic. Exercise for fat loss, which is an interesting one. I didn't expect that one to come up, um, but I'll happily talk about it. Breakfast ideas. Now, I get that question. That, if I could give you one of the top questions I get asked as a personal trainer, without shadow of a doubt, it is always, what should I have for breakfast? What ideas have you got for breakfast? So we'll talk about that. How to lose belly fat. Very, very common question. I'm sure most of us have that question. Hard one to answer that because there isn't just one answer. There kind of is, but I'll go into that. And that's the five. And then I've just added my own as well at the end, which is just a little bit about calories and metabolism, particularly over Christmas. Now, my head's getting really warm now under this hat. It may come off by the end of this before the end of this episode doesn't help as well i'm drink. i've got my coffee my hubby coffee because that's what i am an a-class husband now you you can probably see my excitement to get stuck into this little list of topics how long we've been recording so far i'm already five minutes in this is going to get good so the first thing I want to discuss is healthy fats and hating healthy fats. Now, we're going to get into Slimmer World in a moment. But hating fats is one of the common problems I see. I'm trying not to move in my chair too much because you can. the microphone is so strong, it's going to pick it up. But I've got like a rickety office chair. Comfy, but rickety. So hating fats. Now, one thing I see in my gym, because I own a gym too, um, when I see members come in that are usually of 45 and over, I tend to see problems health-wise with their joints. I tend to see problems health-wise with their immune system. Now, mainly joints linked to arthritis. Now, what do I tend to see here? I tend to see that a lot of the the people, not just ladies, men too, but mainly ladies, and I'm going to get into why. I tend to see ladies come in and come close to rheumatoid arthritis or start with the pain in the knee joints and, and, and the most common joints, the, the, the elbows, the ankles and the knees, right? And I tend to find that they've got one thing in common, and it's that these people mainly ladies, have been stuck in this mentality, this diet mentality. They have followed these diets for a very long time, restrictive diets, that that is. And most of those diets outside of keto or intermittent fasting will target fats as their primary source of a calorie deficit. Now, the reason they do that is simple, right? Fats contain more calories per gram than carbs and protein. Very simple. In fact, they contain nine. And because of this, it makes sense that if we reduce our fat intake, we will by rights drop into a calorie deficit. 
The problem with that, though, is that they don't distinguish the difference between healthy fats, fatty acids that are essential to our body and our bones, and bad fats. And the problem is most people hear the word fats and they automatically just assume it's all bad. Now, of course, deep down, we know that's not true. But we believe it anyway. Now, these diet companies don't care. They only care about making your money, repeat business. They're a business at the end of the day. An unethical one at that. As long as the money keeps coming in, they'll keep printing out this nonsense. And you're going to believe it. And you're going to believe it for 20 to 30 years to the point where you've restricted your healthy fats, your omega-3s, 5s, and more, right? You've restricted, you've restricted them so much that over time, the joints, the bones, start to fail. The lubrication around the joint capsules start to fail. And is this reversible? Yeah, of course it is. But after so many decades of following these stupid diets, this tends to happen. So that's the immediate problem I tend to find. And listen, this isn't me making any kind of scientific claim here. This is not, oh, you know, don't don't um, snap this part of the episode. But, oh, Calum said this. No, I said I find in my experience from asking people they all tend to have the same problem with their joints. In some cases, that goes further into arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, and becomes an irreversible problem. And what do their dietitians, GPs tell them to do? Have a healthy fat diet. So it's very obvious to see here. And what happens, guys, is when we reduce our fats, we have to eat something. And it's very hard to get protein, though we could all do with more of that. So we tend to eat loads of carbs. And that brings me to probably my most infamous rival. And of course, that's Slimming World. Buckle, buckle up, listeners. Here we go. I'm going to have to sip the coffee before I do this. Now then, this might not be the rant you think it's going to be. I want to make something very clear because I don't actually talk about this that often. I, I have my little digs on my posts or might answer people but i'm going to be honest here this is not going to be an absolute bash in this living world i'm not daft i recognize the good that it can do i recognize that it can help people i understand that so what is my problem my problem with slimming world is the ethical approach that they take so here's a couple of things number one what i just spoke about with fats the slimming world sin system is flawed it's hypocritical, contradictive, makes no sense. Here's one example. When they slap sim points all of a sudden on a chocolate, white chocolate Muller yogurt, they had no justification or reason for doing so. Nothing changed in the product, so why did they do it? The reason they did it is because they brought in Skier as their new partner to push. So by putting points on one item it allowed you to turn to either either slimming world's own yogurts or turn to skier okay of course i'm not going to admit this but that is the reality because it's a business at the end of the day right so the sin system meets what suits them it has nothing to do with the nutritional value of food whatsoever or benefit it's also flawed with a very famous 
issue I have, which is that healthy fats yet again are demonized. Let's take an avocado, which is has sim points. Versus, you may have seen the post, a can of Strongbow, which is dark fruit cider, which is absolutely fine. Or Coca-Cola cooked gammon, sorry, diet Coca-Cola. It makes no sense. Unlimited pasta. In what world does pasta, which is extremely high in calories, and it's, don't forget, pasta is egg-based. Don't forget pasta is egg-based. And what do you think eggs is? Eggs is more of a fat than it is anything else. It doesn't make sense. So you can eat pretty much as much pasta as you want. Great, happy days. But you're avoiding avocado, certain fish, nuts, seeds, peanut butter. It's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. Now, I recognise that it helps people. And if that were... If, listen, my, my gripe is never with people who do... Slimming World, not just Slimming World, we're talking about all of them, Cambridge. Um, they're the ones that pop in my head. Weight Watchers, WW, whatever it's called now, Slim Fast, Juice Plus, I could go on. They're all the same, they're all garbage, right? Now, I appreciate that Slimming World could be a method that works for someone. And if it works for you and you're listening to this, this is honestly good for you, and I mean that. My problem is, is with the company. Because they're not brutally honest. And the other thing is that the encouragement of exercise is not high enough. And this brings me to the next issue. The weigh-ins. Now, I'd be happy if Slimming World was literally just a load of packages packed in, in an Iceland freezer. And a couple of SIM points, a couple of meal plans, and that'd be done with it. My problem then moves on to the actual weekly weigh-ins where you go in and step on the scales. And here's the, here's the problem with this. We judge our entire progress based on a number on a machine, and it, it's ridiculous. What what your Slimming World rep, let's just call him Karen, because that seems to be the, the name of the century. What your Slimming rep do, and you can't see this if you're listening on audio, but I've got a little clipboard here. And I'm just going to do a bit of role-playing here. Some of my clients will remember this. Let's say I'm Karen, and I've got my clipboard here. And you're queuing up to step on the scales, right? And you're stepping on the scales, and you may have gained two pounds. It's a Monday night at 7 p.m., right? So Karen comes over in front of everyone, makes you, makes you feel awful. Oh, let's call you Sam. Oh, Sam, what's happened? What's happened, love? Well, nothing's happened. It's 7 o'clock on a Monday evening. You probably need a poo, Right? If you went and pooed, you'd probably drop. I know it's a bit graphic, but you'd probably poo out the two pounds. So why are we doing that? Why why are we queuing up to go and be judged by someone who has no qualifications whatsoever? Yeah, she's done her initial training, but go and ask her the, the difference between fats. Go and ask her which vitamin in the vitamin family can be toxic. Go and ask her what glucose is and how our body converts sugar. She won't know these things. Go and, go, go and ask her what protein synthesis actually is or amino acids. She won't know this because she hasn't been trained. She has no justification, or he, to stand there and judge you for anything. 
And this is my problem. That's my problem. You're queuing up to pay £5 to go and be judged by someone who has no qualification or justification to be there and tell you anything. And that's my problem. And, and, and it's what it does to people. It puts people. I cannot tell you the amount of times I've had to work my hardest to reprogram my clients and get them out of that mentality because that's what Slimming World has done to them. And this brings you to my final, my final bit, and then I will move on. Because I said I wasn't going to go all in on them. My final bit is reducing the age of who can attend these meetings down to 16. I've heard it's younger, but I'm I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say, but I know it is 16. Now, I have a 14-year-old stepdaughter. And it breaks my heart to even imagine that she would queue up and pay £5 to go and step on some scales at that age. With so many emotions and hormones going through her body, so much mental pressure from the media. And she would go and have this Karen judge her. It's ridiculous. It's all to make money. So that's my problem. Okay, so I want to nip this in the bud now. Yes, I will. I have my little digs, but it comes from passion. It comes from a place of heart. I don't do it for no reason. I don't agree with their ethics. I don't agree with the their systems that they have in place. Yes, I appreciate it can work for people. And if that's a way, and by the way, it only works due to a calorie deficit, the same way as any method. But if you like that method and that is working for you, then that is absolutely fine. But it won't change the fact of the problems I have with this company that I've just listed. And it's not just in the world. I'm going to throw them all under the bus. They're all the same. They only work by putting you in a restriction, a calorie restriction that you think is working for you. And in, and in short, it's going to. You're removing a macronutrient from your diet. So, of course, you're going to lose weight. Right? It's obvious. The problem is, is a lot of that weight is going to be muscle. And we need muscle tissue to, to increase our metabolism at rest. And you may find that this is the reason why you yo-yo. You gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight. Happens all the time. I'm going to move on to topic number two. Skinny coffee, and this one's going to be quick because this one is really ridiculous. I, I knew this one was going to get voted. So if you're not aware of skinny coffee, guys, basically it's a product that costs about £50 for a month's supply. And it's it, some of, I'm not going to mention specific companies, but some of them do make bogus claims that these, these products contain fat-burning coffee beans. Wow, think about that. I'm going to have a sip of my coffee right now. Oh, I can feel it. I can feel it harnessing away at my fat cells right now. Wrong. Doesn't work. It's nonsense. Doesn't, they don't exist. What, I'll be honest here. Coffee, or caffeine more specifically, is an appetite suppressant. So if your appetite is suppressed, you eat less. There's a pattern here, guys. See where I'm going with this? calorie deficit it's that simple every single thing i'm going to mention here is a calorie deficit it's how we approach it the way we approach it and skinny coffee skinny coffee's not it yeah so one thing you could do what they've essentially done is grab some coffee charged a, a, a ludicrous amount of money for it 
put on some bogus claims, and technically these claims are true, you can burn fat on coffee because it makes, A, it suppresses your appetite, and B, you're going to poo it out, right? So it will clear your system. However, fat-burning coffee beans do not exist. Okay, so let's stop thinking, shall we, that we can just buy a coffee. And I'm going to throw herbal teas under the bus here too. Juice plus two. Because detoxes are just as much of garbage ideology as skinny coffee. I'm sick of these weight loss teas, weight loss coffees. I think, don't get me started on slim paste, which some of my listeners will be aware of. There's a toothpaste that allegedly, and please don't rush to check it out and buy it, please. There's a weight loss toothpaste called slim paste. Now, I'm, I'm struggling, I've, I've read into it, and I'm still struggling to understand the science of how toothpaste can promote you to burn fat. Unless it's full of something that it shouldn't be, which I'll let your own mind wander into. So we're going to move on from the villains. I throw all of those things into a collective pile that I like to call the villains. And now if you see any of my posts going forward, you know what I mean with the villains. Number three, exercise for fat loss. I get this one often. Um, I was surprised this one came up, actually, because I didn't get it as often. But I'm glad it does. So a lot of people want to say, you know, exercise. Let's bring it out from nutrition and diet a little bit. Let's talk about exercise, right? What exercise is suitable for fat loss? Now, most people think cardio is for fat loss. Strength training is for gaining weight, right? And while that may be true, I... Okay, so while that may be true to an extent, the reality is, okay, that all exercise can help you burn fat. Just moving is is the key there. Now, strength training has its bonus. So strength training will build muscle, will break down muscle and rebuild it via the nervous system. You will build new muscle tissue, providing you're providing the, the, the new muscle tissue with a sufficient amount of calories. This is why diet programs don't work. Because the more muscle tissue we have, the faster our metabolism will raise. And met, met, meta, don't forget, metabolic means fat burning. So metabolism is your fat burning fuel source, right? It's like your engine. And you keep this engine ticking. You can keep this engine ticking permanently you can you know i always say like increasing muscle mass is like going from a one liter to a 1.6 engine let's even go for a one to a 1.8 right turbo put turbo diesel engine which might be banned in a few years i I heard anyway of course the bigger the engine the more fuel it requires so if you're building muscle you're going to require fuel you're going to require more calories so you have to remember, we, we want to exercise, do resistance training. We want to build muscle, but we need the right sufficient fuel to do so. And if we are on restrictive, massive restrictive calorie deficits, yeah, sure, the weight might go down, but that doesn't mean it's going to be necessarily be body fat. A lot of that's going to be muscle tissue. Your body is quite resourceful. It will get rid of what it needs less. So if you're not actively training, your body's not going to hold on to a lot of its muscle tissue. So cardio is obviously 
the king of actually burning calories, right? Of course, running on a treadmill for two hours is going to burn a lot of calories. But you want to find a balance. There is no perfect exercise for fat loss. If, if it's just weight loss, then a calorie deficit and, and a load of cardio, of course, is going to be the answer. But if you actually want to go into the specifics, not just weight loss, but you want to change your composition. So that means you want to, what I hate saying the term, tone up. Well, then you're going to want to build muscle. So you're going to want to incorporate resistance training with cardio. So there's my answer. All of it. A whole round approach. Cardio, um, strength training, bit of mindfulness yoga in there as well, bit of stretching. Get it all in. Now, this is going to bring me to number four. Breakfast ideas. Now, this is, would you believe, my most common question that I ever get asked as a personal trainer. Can you believe that? It literally is, what breakfast ideas have you got? And I still can't believe to this day that that is the question I get asked more than anything. So, I'm going to keep this one short and sweet, because even though it's the most common question I get asked, it's also the most ridiculous question I get asked. Now, why? Well, mainly because humans created this idea of breakfast. Your body doesn't care. Your body doesn't care if it's breakfast, lunch. These are constructs that we created to give order to our day. We named these meals what they are. Your body doesn't care that breakfast is the first thing in the morning. Your body doesn't care that tea, I'm going to upset people there, tea or dinner, if you're southern, um, is going to be your evening meal. It doesn't matter. So I love this idea of this, you know, you may have heard the, the famous saying that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. That's been debunked from time and time again. Yeah, time and time again, that's been debunked. It's not the most important meal of the day. Your body doesn't care. Now, why? Where does that idea come from? I suppose it comes from the idea that when you've been asleep, you're in a fasting state. So your body is probably burned through all of its fuel sources from the day before, from all the meals. You're probably dehydrated. So there's nothing there. Your body is hopefully burning its own fat tissue, fat, fat cells whilst you're asleep, right? Happy days. If you've been actively training too, it's also the time period where your muscle tissue is going to be repairing and rebuilding. So when it comes to breakfast, if people really do need some ideas for breakfast, my suggestions would be, as long as it's protein, right? If you, your body's been metabolic, catabolic during your sleep, it's a good idea to get protein in your body as soon as possible after waking up. Whether that be morning or afternoon, if you're a night shift worker, you're not going to have your breakfast at the same time as everyone else. The first thing you eat after sleeping might be your lunch or your evening meal. So I think it doesn't really matter. It depends what people define as breakfast. Bacon, eggs, yogurt, fruit. Some cereals are okay. Not the ones that are covered in sugar, of course. Protein. Beans. You know? So, there is no real perfect solution. I don't know why everyone obsesses with what ideas you got for breakfast. you got about six variations of eggs. The, the answer is, I don't know. 
what do I can't give you, you know, gourmet solutions for breakfast. It's like, it doesn't matter. The answer is it doesn't matter. But I would suggest getting your protein. That would be my number one suggestion. Okay. Carbs and protein in, in the other order. Protein and some carbs will do just fine. Um, how to lose belly fat is the last topic we're going to talk about. And this one is a common question, and I'm sure this is one that most of us have, right? The stubborn area, the belly fat. How to lose it? Now, I could sit here and say, tell you to be in a calorie deficit. The problem we have, I'm going to use this situation here. Fat moves across the body, okay? Fat cells are not like muscle tissue. It's not attached to your bones. Um, it will be manipulated in where it's stored based on a lot of things, hormones, stress. Stress is hormones, really. And body shape, activity levels, genetics, medical conditions. There can be numerous reasons of why people store body fat in certain places, whether it be the love handles whether it be the bingo wings, whether it be on the belly. It doesn't matter where, okay, even on the ankles, it will just store where it stores. Now, when you lose weight or you lose body fat, it will take body fat evenly across the body. It's not necessarily going to take body fat from a certain body part. So one of the common mistakes people make is that they can, they can spot drop fat. They can train a certain body area via exercise. So this is what makes me laugh with companies. You know, the Wondercore 3000. You see people swinging around on this stupid machine and that's going to give you a six-pack in two months. Yeah, great. But if you're still eating KFCs three times a week, no, it's not. Now, you may have heard of a saying that abs are made in the kitchen. And that is so true, Right. Yes, we need to have a balance. You will want to stimulate the abdominal muscles if you want to create that toned tummy, right? And to do that, we have to train the core. So, of course, yeah, things like sit-ups or the Wondercore 3000 planks are a really good one, in my opinion. You know, yeah, you need to do that. But please don't think that doing 60 sit-ups a day, suddenly you're going to break into washboard abs. If you're still eating crap, it's not going to work. Because you have a layer of fat in front of their, their muscles. But likewise, if you just drop, you just diet, and there's no abdominals there, there's no tone or definition underneath, then you're still not going to look that great. You're just going to see your ribs. You know, so it's a perfect blend of how to lose body fat. It's very simple. First of all, it takes patience. When your body is losing weight, it's, you know, if it makes sense if your body distributes fat evenly across the body, then the place, the area of your body that is the most dominant, the most predominant of the fat tissue, then if it's chipping away parts of your body, then of course the area that has the most fat will be the last one to drop. And then people get impatient because they're not seeing changes in that area quickly enough and completely ignoring the overall picture. And I see that happen a lot. So how to lose belly fat? Very simple. First of all, sort your diet out. You cannot out-train a poor diet. Okay. Second of all, so stay in a calorie deficit. Second of all, train. Train your abdominals. You need a perfect blend of the two. Mainly nutrition, I would say 
on the nutrition end, but that is how we drop belly fat. And also take your time. It takes time, consistency. Abdominal training is different to the other body parts. Many, many studies show that abdominal training is better in high-intensity environment and has a better recovery rate because your core is always working, right? Any movement you do, even now if you're watching me on video, just swinging around on this chair here, I'm using my core all the time. I've got vital organs around here, not in in that area, but you know your core as a whole. That's not just your abdominals. That's your transverse abdominals. That's the deep muscles within the the stomach area. You've got your obliques. You've got your back as well. People forget that core doesn't just mean what you see at the front. Yeah, mirror muscle syndrome. Everything you see at the front. What about your back? Your lower back as well. So your core is not just a case of doing 60 sit-ups a day and thinking it's just going to magically burn through fat. So that's my advice on those tips. So if you sent your email in or you responded to my email list, guys, and you listened to us, I'm very grateful. Thank you for doing that. It gave me a great conversation to talk about on this episode. And I did say then I was going to add a little bit of my own, and that was calories and metabolism. Metabolism is the key word that people, it's, it's hidden in plain sight, guys. I will get commonly around this time of year, the most common question, why am I not losing weight? I'm trying hard, I'm in a calorie deficit, I'm moving, I'm exercising, I'm drinking water, I'm doing all the right things, the weight's not dropping. And I have one word for you, metabolism. And most of the time, that comes down to two things. And I'm going to leave this episode on this because, listen, I'm a weight loss coach. Most of you listening may be wanting to lose weight as your goal. It's very simple stuff. If you're not losing weight and you're trying the hardest, it comes down to a couple of things. Option one, you're not tracking your calories properly. You're not in a deficit. And no one wants to hear that because they want to believe they are. But they're not. Or option two, you are tracking your calories. But because you are under eating, i.e. your calories are very low, by rights, you're becoming lethargic. There's little energy. So your body is... Your metabolism is really holding on and, and being very um, resourceful. It's, it's preserving the energy. So you're not actually burning the amount of calories you think you are at rest. So, for example, you'll drop to a 1,000 calories and you may drop loads of weight at first, then boom, you hit a plateau. Because eventually energy levels are catching up with you. Your metabolism, you'll be losing muscle tissue, okay, because you, you simply there's not enough calories there to support the muscle tissue, so you're actually going, your body's actually going to be breaking its own muscle tissue down for energy, which therefore means that your metabolism may slow a little bit, and that's going to so suddenly that thousand calorie deficit is no longer a deficit. So it's not always a case of, you know, I always say there's eight billion people on the planet or more now. Everyone has the same physiology. Okay. Nothing overrides the law of thermodynamics, okay? If there is heat or energy being burned, there needs to be energy coming in. And it's this simple. As long as there's more being burned than coming in, the, the, the mass of that situation needs to change. And in your case, that's your body. So weight loss is a very simple principle. If you are moving more than you're consuming every day, your body is forced 
to burn its own resources. Some of that will be muscle tissue, but the majority of the time, that's going to be fat. And the more that we exercise and not just follow stupid diets that I listed at the start of the episode and actually move, because most people don't have a hard time dieting. They have a hard time exercising. They have a hard time getting up and actually moving. But you can't just diet without exercise. And likewise, you can't just exercise without a, a good diet to accompany it. They come hand in hand. So metabolism is a key sensual word. Cardio will take care of the initial weight loss at the beginning because, of course, you're moving. You're increasing your NEAT, your TDEE, your total daily energy expenditure. Everything's going up. Your heart rate's going up. It's great, okay? But you need strength training to increase that metabolism at rest because the more muscle tissue that you can generate, the more calories you will burn because it requires energy, right? If you build muscle tissue, that to hop for your body to hold on to that muscle tissue, it needs energy and it will burn through it. So metabolism is a key word here. So if you're not losing weight, it's because your metabolism is slowing down because of something you're doing, and you need to speed that up. And it could be, in some cases, and I don't care if there's any personal trainers listening to me here or any nutritionist coming and going, oh, no, no, they're just not tracking the calories. You can't under-eat. No, I know you can't under-eat. I'm not saying that. I'm not stupid. What I'm saying is a lot of the problems I see, I've had a lot of clients that have come to me, okay, Perfect example where I did a weight loss competition once a couple of years ago. I had a woman stop me halfway through this six-week competition. She'd lost a couple of pounds and she was like, Calm, I'm not losing. I'm thinking about giving up. So I said, so I delved into it. She was on 1,200 calories, but she was actively training three, three to four times a week. I said, bump those up to about 1,700. What? Yeah, eat more. That's exactly what I'm saying. Eat more. Your deficit's too low, right? Now, obviously, it's not too low. I mean, if you're starving, you will lose weight. It's not stupid. It's not, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel here. However, it comes down to what I just said, metabolism. You're not feeding that metabolism that you're trying to increase by building this muscle tissue. Your body is holding onto a lot of water retention. It's contributing to the scales. You think because you're on 1,200 calories, you should be losing weight. But in actual fact, you're probably not burning 1,200 calories because you're lethargic. You're low of energy. Your body always finds a way to to counteract what you're doing to it. Does that make sense? So I told her to bump up 1,700 calories. She did just that. She went on to lose a further eight pounds and she ended up winning the entire competition. And that is a true story. And that's not the first client I've done that with. Stop sitting around 1,000, 1,200 calories thinking it's going to work for you. It probably won't. And you'll end up in a plateau. And it's very hard to break a plateau once you're in one. So get those calories up. As long as you're burning, on average, 2,000 calories a day, which the average person does, then a 1,700, 1,800-calorie target is going to be fine. Yeah. So there's calories and there's metabolism. So I'm just, I can hear my uh, music from downstairs. Hopefully you're not picking that up on the podcast. So yeah, there's my. How long was how long we've we been rolling for? A good forty five minutes at this point. 
So I've taken up the entire podcast, just me waffling. But they were the ones, they were the topics that were voted for on my by my e- people on my email list. I appreciate that. Thank you for doing that. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast of me ranting about answering the most common topics, you know, that, that get brought up in, in my career. They are the ones. And then I added metabolism calories because they don't get brought up enough and they should be. So I'm going to be having a guest again next week after this little Christmas break. I've got loads more guests coming um, on the show in future weeks. I may do more of these little solo ones. It depends how I go. I'm going to track my uh, my results. If this podcast is getting quite a lot of listens, then I will do more of these ones too. If it's not, then sod it. <laughs> I just won't. Guys, go and follow me on uh, Instagram if you aren't already. Okay, I'm trying to get to 2,000, my next milestone of 2,000 likes, uh, 2,000 follows, sorry, I'd appreciate that. If you don't already like my page on Facebook, go and do that too. And I'm also on YouTube now because of this podcast, uh, which you're probably watching this on. Give me a little subscribe on YouTube. Uh, if you want, listen to this on any podcasting platform, I don't think you can do it on Spotify, but if you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, anything like that, there should be a little subscribe button. Please go ahead and click that um, and you will be notified when I next put out a podcast. Plus, it just sends my podcast up the charts ever so slightly. And that's always a good thing. Uh, next week, we've got a, a fantastic guest on. Well, two guests. Um, so we'll move on to that. I'll give you a little sneak peek through the week. Keep an eye on my social media. And yeah, it's been fantastic doing this episode and just basically having a 45-minute rant to myself. I love it. It's great. Yeah. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. I will be back next week with a guest. And uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, you guys coming back for another episode of the Calm Sully podcast. Um, send me a message if you if you want me to talk about or cover any more things on these episodes. Then go ahead. Thanks, everyone, and have a great day.